Tilly's just said I'll pay you ten pounds to whisper erotic into the mic. Erotic. Erotic. <laughs> <laughs> I Hi. Can you give me a tenner tonight? Cheers, thanks. Welcome, and you may notice a small difference in audio quality. Where are we sat at the moment, George? We are sat in the basement underneath the Union in a recording studio. I know. We have lots of knobs and switches in front of us. We've got DJ decks and headphones on and vinyl turntables. It's actually just This so feels sick. like a proper radio. And we've got like all those knobs that you um like up and down. Ooh. Oh, it's all very exciting. It feels like we could mix live music, but we're not going to do that. We also have no skill set. We also don't have any music. That uh, also. It hasn't been very long since we last recorded, has no, it? No, it hasn't, but we, we've decided on a new format for the podcast. So, George, you've had this idea, haven't you, in terms of what the structure and kind of how the podcast is going to be used in the future. What kicked it off was Phil saying, oh, I wish we'd done this earlier. She said, oh, I'm, we're in our last year, I wish, I wish we'd done this earlier. But my main thought was that this doesn't need to be something that carries on forever. This is something that we're doing right now and something that is not going anywhere. So it can also almost be like a time capsule for new people going to university or just wanting to hear their mates talk. It doesn't have to be something that we're going to have to like buy union lifetime membership and come back every two weeks and record a podcast. That would also be really annoying. Yeah, <laughs> but... I'm hoping the topics that we talk about are kind of timeless in a way and can be translated into future situations for anyone who's struggling or anyone who has similar thoughts. So Yeah, people yeah. are always going to be going to university, people are always going to be struggling with their mental health and I think a lot of things that we say can constantly be relevant um, mm. and we are put, trying to put a slightly light-hearted twist on our madness. Yeah. Which is fun. So I also thought like quite like the idea of someone listening in the future, but not only like the future future, like the far future, like years from now, once like we've grown up and left and hopefully I have once a job. We're dead. <laughs> <laughs> the internet's got going anywhere. So this this stuff is gonna live on the internet unless I get so embarrassed I take it down. Hello, people listening in the future. Just to reiterate to people, we have a Twitter account. That's something new that I did yesterday. Um, it's habit underscore podcast so go follow us and we'll be updating that when new episodes come out and with pictures and cheeky behind the scenes things on there there's already a picture of Phil up in the recording studio I don't you can like see what the it's idea. like but you know like when you listen to podcasts and you know don't know what they look like like I don't want people that who don't know us who are listening to this to know, to what, know what we look like I've no. Yeah, I can, I can say right that. Like, yeah, it's like the no such things as the fish people. And then you see them and you're like, and you're like oh god, no, no, they're massive nerds. Like, yeah, you yeah, don't, no, you don't no, want to know what they look like. I thought, yeah. Maybe I'll blank out all of our face. But I'm also using Twitter to try and find kind of articles and up-to-date things yeah. that are happening. On mental health. On mental health, which actually I found a good article on mentalhealth.org, which I'll put in the show notes that's called Mental Health Advice for My Younger Self. And it's just a nice article that kind of runs through this lady's opinion of what she would say to her younger self in order to kind of curb and handle her mental health in her young years. I think she's 29 at the time of recording and she'd been struggling since she was like 16. So it's really interesting and it's basically just about self-love. It's about stopping so Um, hard on yourself. Speaking of new platforms, in the next coming days we will be on Spotify. Spotify, bro! Oh, so exciting. That's so exciting. And everywhere else you get your podcast from. Yeah. So, 
like I like use music. Um, what's the one? Is it going on Apple? Yeah. Mental. What are you? Overcast. Overcast. But then just kind of anything that uses an RSS feed yeah, to get podcasts. Um, so you will be everywhere, be but we will let people know when that happens because it's a couple of working days until that gets cool done. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we've also decided to do question corner. We've actually had a question, then we'll discuss it at the end of the podcast. But we're introducing a new segment, which is question corner question corner so if any of the netball girls have any who are listening girls, live, i mean the thing is, yeah, if they, anyone has any questions they know everything about me but if you want to <laughs> like um put in a generalized question um that would be great thanks our idea for our topic today was less based on actual proper scientific mental health issues which you can deal with with therapy and with medication and the kind of heavier topics like that and we've tried to focus on the kind of the more relatable side that everyone can relate to so the topic is student life and stress management so it's something that everybody can kind of tune into and go all oh, right this is something that i can do instead of going to therapy which is what we always say or like go to your gp and get drugs i think something that's really um interesting is i think there's definitely a culture of people with their mental health that you have to be at like a certain severity of mental health until you seek help. A threshold. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, but like your mental health isn't like proper mental health. And it's like every, like everything is your mental health, like how happy you are, how sad you are, how tired you are. Like you don't need to be like, oh, yeah, well, I have panic attacks and that means my mental health is worse than yours it's like it's not a fucking competition like whoever it's all just on the spectrum and that's where that really interesting felix article pointed out i was reading the felix which i know we're trying to deviate away from imperial but our student newspaper which i'm sure most universities have the editor wrote this actually great editorial piece at the beginning in which he talks about how so many people get very like unwell during exam time and that a lot of people reach a point of burnout during exams where actually they're not being flagged early enough and people aren't seeking help before it gets really bad you don't need to be waiting until crisis point to be reaching out for help a lot of people think that just going crazy during exams is okay which is which is not not, not okay. right that's like, not it's as not soon okay as you step out of the imperial bubble you realize like this is not normal this is not healthy you can't behave like this mm. people go oh yeah I slept like two hours last night four days haha <laughs> exam season and it's like that's not that's I, not okay and like no one envies you and one thing that the article says is saying that like because people lump in all of their problems like the problems that you have during these exam periods people lump them in with just imperial being really hard and you know everyone's not getting any sleep and you know that's fine it's fine it's fine I'm, I'm just along the ride with everybody else it means people don't fully articulate their actual own problems yeah it's it's the same as taking painkillers instead of ignoring a wound yeah it's just kind of lumping all your problems in with someone else and not fully articulating what's actually the problem in your brain and then if you don't know what the problem is you can't help yourself i spoke to my housemate <laughs> last night charlie about this and he said one thing that's really important that he does is active reflection yeah so you sit down and you think all right what am i feeling i'm like what can i do to curb it you know if you need more sleep have more sleep and this leads us on to like the more generalised topic of what you can do during your exam season in order to make yourself not go crazy and manage your stress and manage your student life at the same time. Just because it's exam season, your your lifestyle shouldn't change. Nothing. You shouldn't be sacrificing your well-being, physical or mental, 
just because you have to sit in a room and write some words down on a piece of paper like yeah they're in, they're important but you know you should still be happy you should still have a life mm. you know i worked out the other day that i have sat 42 imperial exams fuck yeah <laughs> i've sat 42 imperial exams so university many. exams and the way i approach them has just changed so drastically and they started off very unhealthily because i came from like a really unhealthy way of approaching my a-levels i mean i think everybody did because those are like the first serious exams and you didn't have it all kind of planned out I, yeah you, you you'd think that but actually a lot of my mates when i asked them they're like oh yeah i just cruised through a-levels like i think a-levels were still some of the hardest things i ever did yeah yeah so when people are like oh really easy i was like well good for you i didn't find them that easy um but we had we, we had some ideas of yes, what people are doing things that we do in order to kind of gain that perspective and not go into those exam crazies because let's be honest nobody wants to be there they're not fun at all so one thing i was going to ask phil about because i know this is something that she does a lot on a regular basis is exercise i do do a lot of exercise the number of times i bumped into when i was like on the way to the library on the way back from the library and you're on a run yeah there's quite a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so that i think the biggest thing that i try to do during exams is try to maintain the same amount of activity that I would be doing if it wasn't exam season. So I'm not saying, you know, go for a million extra runs or do this or do that. It's like, just maintain, you know, try to keep your routine as normal as possible. So I just have to prioritize my exercise. And actually it is a lot easier in the summer months, for example, if during the summer exams, because you have five extra hours of daylight like oh, oh i've missed wait. it so much <laughs> so but it does it is definitely something that you have to actively seek out and when i say exercise i know running is not for everyone i hate running it does not make me feel good whilst i'm running and 99 percent of the time i feel incredible after a run so a run will always make me feel better but i completely appreciate that a lot of people would literally rather eat mud then go for a run. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. So when people are like, oh yeah, you know, just, just pop for a run. Yeah, just saying, good, do some exercise. And <laughs> well, you're like, Greek, you have a tofu sandwich. Yeah, the hot, 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 hot. It's like, actually, you might hate running or you might not be able to run. You know, people have different conditions or reasons that they don't feel like they can run. Another thing is, as well is um, running can seem really daunting if you are suffering from like quite bad anxiety. You know, I kind of, at one point during the second year, I developed agoraphobia which just meant that i was scared about going outside big spaces being outdoors being out of my safe space yeah well, when, when you're running you're in quite a vulnerable position you're very vulnerable because you know you're, you're sweaty and you're, you're wearing like your gym clothes and if you bump into someone you you know like it's, it's quite a vulnerable position to be Definitely. in like, they've never seen you in that you know no, in that position it's before. the reason why a lot of people don't want to go to the gym which i think is a massive shame because there is a lot of like shame culture surrounding people who don't usually do exercise who then choose to go to the gym and then people think they're going to be laughed at, which in reality, I go to the gym a lot. I go both in Ethos, which is like on campus and at Charing Cross, and genuinely no one has ever spoken to me or looked at me. Like, <laughs> like no one actually cares, but I can completely appreciate that. That's Because everybody thinks, it's the same thing, like everybody thinks the You same think someone's thing. always looking at you. Yeah. Like but, you always think. But then that person do you think is looking at you. Thinks think that you're, you're looking, looking at, at them. them. Yeah. Yeah. So like at the end of the day. um, so, awkward wheel of anxiety. Oh, so something that I would really recommend doing is 
if you're finding it hard to find the time or the effort to go out and do some exercise, do it with a mate. Do it with a mate who maybe is like at the same level as you. Like, you know, does the same. So I do this with my housemate. I hate running with her, but it's good because we're kind of at the same fitness level and it's like quite nice. So far from like going to the gym and running, go for a walk, go swimming, um, go trampolining, mm. anything. I think the most important part, I genuinely think, is just get your, get your heart rate up. It's so important. We go through all the science of it, but like, can't be bothered with that. We all know exercise is good for us and it's good yeah. for our mental health. But one of the most important things is to actually get get your blood pumping, you know, get your breathing going, because actually that's going to have a lot, much larger effect. You know, lots of people are like, oh, you know, yoga is exercise. And yes, it very much is. If you've been sat at a desk all day, stagnant, <laughs> like completely stagnant, if you can do 30 minutes, of moving your body vigorously like there's a really good quote i'm going to put it in the show notes because i can't remember it now but it's a good quote about like vigorous agitation of the body is like yeah gets rid of demons of the mind it's from like the 16th century it's yeah. really interesting and just like get the blood flow up just gotta get your like do anything that it is it can be do a fucking ed hearse and do 100 press-ups just in yeah. one go or just <laughs> like out, yeah or just go for like a very like a brisk walk like it doesn't have to be anything and also being outside holy shit go outside and yeah. then the hardest part about all of this is blocking out the time to do it so yeah, I, this is something i was going to say you can't you know when you're in exams and you're in that kind of zone and you it's kind of like a new year's resolution if you want to start doing something so if you want to start doing your exercise or doing more exercise or changing the time you do your exercise you have to move something else around you can't just do it on top no. of whatever you're doing Say you get home at seven and then cook dinner and then go to bed. You can't run in that time. You, you have to take out some work time. Or if you end up, if you get home and then you watch TV for an hour, don't watch TV for an hour, go, go do that exercise. You have to stop one thing in order to start doing another thing. It sounds really, really simple and it sounds like I'm chatting absolute bollocks. But so many people don't do it. Some, so many people don't do it. So many people go, like, I'm going to go to the gym every day as a New Year's resolution. And then... They will obviously never do that because it doesn't fit into their daily schedule. No. Like the time physically doesn't exist for them. They have to stop doing something in order for them to start doing this thing. Like whenever I see you in Reynolds and I'm gonna go to the gym, or go for a run or whatever, I will always say to you, I'm like, you'll, you know, we'll have lunch and you'll be like, oh, what are you doing later? And I'm like, I'm gonna work till five and then I'm gonna go for a run and I'm gonna have dinner at six thirty. Like you just have to create the space in your schedule. You're you're way more likely to do it. Yeah. So I have a cutoff point. Um, which I think is another really important thing with handling exams and anxiety is like you can't work. It's op- it's like it's opportunity cost at that point. Like, what is the opportunity cost of you staying in the li- economics? Economics. <laughs> the opportunity cost of you staying in the library is just going to get lower. Hour. It's going to get lower and lower and lower. On. Whereas actually, you know, if you go home at five, if you've been in the library since nine, like Jesus Christ, like go home at five. Like people. This is another thing at the university we go to. People try to outstrip each other, and it's like, who are you competing against? Like, yeah, if you're, if you're hitting 100 hours a week, like that's not a good thing. But no. it's, it's a number that you can boast to people. Yeah. But, but it's not a good thing. No, it's not. The no. marginal benefit of doing those extra 20 hours that you have done, I bet you haven't gained as much as I have from not doing those 20 hours. 100%. If anything, you start losing. Yeah. You start losing out. So, you know, I am quite, I've got quite strict now about going, hmm, it's 5.30, like, I'm not going to sit. I, some days I feel really, really productive during revision. 
and I achieve everything I've wanted to achieve and I feel really good and it's three o'clock and I'm like okay I'm gonna <laughs> go, go do something that'll make me feel better and rest so th- this goes nicely into our other idea of treat yourself treat yourself just like you would treat yourself at the weekend during normal term time for example we go to the cinema cinema or we go to an art gallery and we do you know cultural stuff like that stuff that you enjoy that doesn't have to necessarily be running or like doing exercise or you know and group it's activity. also not just staring at netflix yeah it can't leave the house yeah do something if it's going shopping eating out at a restaurant i love doing that i love oh, it so I, good yeah and you know during exams you've got loads of money if you're not drinking yeah so <laughs> i think well that's your i'm not for you i do like a cheeky glass of wine for <laughs> a tough exam <laughs> Actually, that's completely lie. Oh, I have yeah, a pint points. after every exam. Yeah. I have one pint at the union after every single exam. Something that I definitely do to help myself, even if you do the thing where you go, oh, I can't work anymore. And instead of going home and mindlessly scrolling down Instagram and watching Netflix, you take the time and your extra sunlight hours to, you know, pop over to Soho and go to the Royal Academy and then go have dinner. Like, Go get a burrito. Like, yeah. Do something. Or go see a friend. Yeah, or go see a friend, or just leave, go, move, do something. Yeah, entertain um, your brain with something different. I think that, that is in exams, and do not berate yourself for taking that time. Holy shit! Do not feel guilty because you are looking after this. Right. <laughs> Get real close. Listen up. This is a public service announcement. <laughs> if you are taking a break during your exams not be cruel to yourself i repeat guilt is a worthless emotion (laughs) but it is like guilt is a completely worthless emotion like you're not going to be working then anyway and what you have to keep reminding yourself for every bit of exercise for every bit of enjoyment you are getting you're going to be that much more productive the next day you are actually i whenever i go do something fun during exams i try my absolute best to actively tell myself i am actually improving like my chances of doing well in these exams i am actually making my life easier for myself because i'm going to be way more motivated (laughs) motivated to work tomorrow like don't be so bloody hard on yourself don't be so bloody hard on that 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 was the number one thing that the lady said in that article i mentioned right at the beginning Mm. was advice for herself in the past was don't be so bloody hard yeah don't punish yourself for not doing work that doesn't work you can't punish yourself isn't very effective also Um, should we stress that your health is always number one always without fail your own health physical and mental is always number one um i know some of my friends would laugh i know yo-yo's just tuned in Um, she's just texting me um and she can definitely think of a few times where i maybe have not put my health but i would like to think that through like her support and my other friend's support that you know i've learned now i think she would agree that in the past three years i've definitely changed my attitude towards work and i think i have a much healthier approach now but like don't get me wrong no one does it perfect it's taken me years to get to this point but all i needed was reassurance from someone else to tell me, you know, take that time out, go watch that movie, you know, eat, like, eat, just sit, spend a whole evening cooking dinner, and sit down with your housemates and eat and enjoy it and put a ban on talking about exams. Yeah. And like, you just, sometimes you just need permission. It's just, it's sad because we shouldn't need permission to do things that we enjoy. Mm. But like, 
do it. Just do it. This is us telling you. This is the public service announcement. If you're listening to this in the future when you're going to do your exams, listen to this bit. (laughs) Yeah. Come back. Episode five. We're like many hours in now. We've been talking for a long time, but this will be cut down. But like, just if you ever need reassurance, just think like everybody wants to do it. And people will, if you do it, so will other people and take people with you if it makes you feel guilty. (laughs) Sounds silly, but you know, if I'm doing something and I go, oh, I really want to go do this this evening with my friends, then I will take some of my course mates with me. Because then, in a weird sadistic way, I'm like, I know they're not working. (laughs) (laughs) Take them with you. Um, But yeah, it's like exams are not the end of the world. I failed exams. It's fine. Yeah. Perspective. Do you know what I mean by perspective? Yeah. I'm just going to say anyway, because someone might not know. Perspective is one's ability to view the bigger picture yeah and that that is just the most valuable thing that anyone can do during exams after like just gaining perspective and perspective can come in very different ways someone who will remain nameless gained perspective in a very sad way during exams last year and he was saying the same stuff that you were just saying there like what's the worst that can happen like I just retake my exams. Yeah. That's that's the worst that can happen. Yeah. Your life's not gonna end. No. It's just exams. No. And I know it sounds so stupid saying it like that, but having to gain perspective like that is so important. And also, if you can gain that perspective without having to go through something horrific in your life Mm. that forces perspective, then that's so valuable. I was talking to Charlie about this, my my housemate, and something that he does, because I I asked him, How what what do you do to gain perspective during exams? Mm. And he said he distracts himself by organising things after the exams. Oh, so yeah, he says, definitely. like, one of his favourite things to do is sit and book flights. Oh, and, my like, God. Book, make a travel itinerary for Hours a holiday. Hours on Skyscanner. Or... Yeah. <laughs> the other day I discovered you can go to, you can go to Maui for £350. Woof. Nice. I'm going to get a windsurfer for his leg. That's so cool. But yeah, like, that yeah, helps him no. gain perspective because then you realise, like, you know... In the real it, world. It's not like this immovable mountain in front of you you can actually see past exams yeah you can you see know when like, you're in like one month in you haven't started exams but you've like been revising been for, a month. for like a month and you're like i don't remember a time before floor four of the library <laughs> yeah. i don't see there ever being a time i don't remember lectures <laughs> yeah you're like who are these people people are looking you in the face and you're like i recognize this person ah oh, that is a friend mm. i don't know them <laughs> yeah uh i think that Gaining perspective, it's so that's, difficult. That's where, like, doing, you know, going out for dinner, enter the real world. Look yeah. at the people around you. They're not sitting in exams. Yeah. Like, that's my favourite thing to do. You, you realise yeah. that everybody else has got their own story and they're all walking around you living parallel lives and, like, you know what? They're all right. I'm all right. They're all older than you. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I'm, I'm I'll all be right. fine. I had an existential crisis once. Well, hundreds of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just had to sit down and be like, what actually matters? What actually matters and for me it's going to sound super wet but it's like the people i'm around so everything else doesn't really matter i can filter everything i do in my life down to the fact that it comes back down to the people i'm surrounded with like friends family loved ones like anything i guess we'll come back to this exact moment in about four months time when we're seeing our exams we'll be like hi it was all a lie (laughs) i mean everything about your exams if you do not pass your exams you're (laughs) <laughs> your parents won't love you anymore yeah 
So I think we should definitely try and do the stuff that we said during. Oh, I mean, it's so easy to preach, though, isn't it? It's yeah, so easy to not. preach. So, like, let's let's hold ourselves. Let's set us some okay. We've just we've, we've just, just touched pinkies. Oh, that was erotic. Don't say that out, out loud. <laughs> 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 um, it wasn't. It was very wholesome. Yeah, let's. I I I would like to record a podcast when we actually during uh, exams, like during exam period. For example, and we can talk about real live problems live on yeah exactly i mean we joke about the fact that all the time that these recording sessions are like therapy because yeah. they are they low-key yeah. are and so we can talk about that i think that will be really good for us during our exams we'll be like george let's just like leave the library can we just go record sit in our little hole underground in the basement and record so one thing that we've said we do at the end of our last podcast yep. for the 55 of you that have listened to it is that we said we have people listen to episode four? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, I know it's crazy. That's mental. We have a pretty sustained number of listeners now. It's about it's about that many. I mean, it's all our mates. Yeah, it's all our mates that we pressure into this this thing. But we said we'd answer some questions if you flung them in. And so what we're going to do now is going to do question corner. That's going to be the same every time we do question corner. <laughs> We've had a lovely message from Clive. Yeah. Not his real name. <laughs> Clive, who chooses to remain anonymous. He was very excited about uh, the improvement to the sound quality and asked me to eat a pickle live very close to the microphone. I will not be doing that, Clive. So Clive asked us a, a very good question, actually, a very good question. Uh, he asked, say your friend is going through a tough time. How do you understand what they're going through? And if, if you have never felt the way yourself, is it about asking the right questions, or is it simply about being a shoulder to cry on? Phil? This is such a good question, and I think it's very nice that Clive has asked this, because it clearly means that he wants to find a way to support people in his life. So, well done, Clive. I think we were talking about this just before we record a podcast, because it may shock you to know that we do sometimes plan for this podcast. No, we don't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. No. <laughs> We don't plan this. This is all off the cuff. No, we do plan a little bit, tiny bit. I think it's very, it's very tricky. It's a very hard one. You said in your question, is it best to be a shoulder to cry on? I don't necessarily think that's the right term. I think the term you and I were using, George, was try to be omnipresent, which basically means just turn up, just be there. You know, if you make yourself known to the person that you are there day or night you don't have to be like oh yeah you can ring me anytime any day like just show up consistently just show that you are open to having any conversation you know maybe open create a conversation where you can be like oh yeah i've been feeling a bit a bit stressed at the moment like you know but i'm doing all right how are you doing how are you feeling and so an example would be that with one of my friends she's incredible i mean all my friends are incredible but she's great in that she will always ask me what do you need and i think that is a perfect question to ask somebody who is currently going through some mental health issue because you're not trying to solve their problem when somebody is going through something they don't want you to fix it if they knew how to fix it they would have done it. Yeah. And like... <laughs> they don't need you to do it for them. No, no offence, but like you don't know how to fix it either. Because if it was that obvious, you would have done it. By asking what do you need, that is such a great question because it makes you self-reflect. 
it's not yeah it's not asking what the other person can do for your needs at all it's it's just what do you need so if i ask phil what do you need is it a glass of water yeah is it to sleep is it to go home do you need to be alone do Do you need need to be do you need me to stay with you yeah do you need me to take you home do you need do you need to ring your mum it's just like it's not what do you need me to do for you it's what do you need generally and then if they say for example i need to be at home you can then assist them in getting home and by doing that you're helping them a second question would then be what do you need from me i went through a stage where my mum so my mum is my i've said this so many times on the podcast my mum is like she's my best friend she's my greatest confidant she's incredible she went through a stage as any worried mother would do where literally every 10 minutes would be like how are you feeling how are you feeling how are you feeling and by doing that i hated that it was really overbearing it's because she was worried but all that did was say she asked me how are you feeling and i'd be like really bloody anxious i would then go for 10 minutes go do something else and maybe for two minutes of those 10 minutes i would feel normal again and feel fine because maybe i was distracted by something and i'd be having a reading my book or watching a film or something and then she'd go how are you feeling and i would go how am i oh yeah really shit thanks for reminding me yeah so i then had to have this very frank conversation with my mum and say look i get that you're really i know you're here and i know you're thinking of me please can you stop asking me how i feel every 10 minutes because it's actually making it a lot worse and she completely understood but if i not told her that she wouldn't have known to do that and now she doesn't ask me every 10 minutes and i will tell her because i know that she's there for me so another thing is you know, when someone, if you want to ask your friend or family or whoever, what do you need from me? Do you want me to keep asking you how you are? Do you want, because some people want that. Some yeah. people want to be constantly checked up on. Some people might not want that at all. Yeah. And so that's really important because it depends on the person. It also brings in, if someone's asking you consistently how you are, it also brings in the opportunity for you to lie. Yeah. If you're in that state, you often, you know, you don't want to talk to people. You don't want to open up this conversation. And it might be the wrong person to do it with. If it's your mum, you might not want to tell your mum all your deeper secrets. Like, I no. love, I love my mum, but sometimes I don't want to talk to her about that. And also, there's also so her asking that. Like, I have to. And you don't I'll want to worry her or upset yeah. her. You so know? I have to. I'd go. I'm fine. I'm fine. Which hurts even more. Because then you're put creating that space, that rift between you. Yeah. I think, in t- to summarise Clive's question, I think the biggest thing you can do is turn up. Yeah. Be there. One thing you said to me before we recorded was. Instead of asking, you know, how are you, you just say, like, you and uni today. Yeah. Because that's the equivalent of you turning up. You're, yeah. you're turning up to uni and you're going, are oh, you and uni? Do you want to go have lunch? Instead of, you know, how are you? How are you feeling? directly as, assessing their awful situation that they're in, just be there. Just see them. And, you know, by saying something like, are you in uni? Are you having lunch today? You are just showing that person that you're thinking of them. Mm. That Because sometimes when you're going through, like, a really hard mental health phase you feel very we've talked about this before you feel very very isolated you feel very alone and you think that people have forgotten about you mm. so just dropping someone a daily text is like the text could say anything it could have a meme it could be just like whatever it, it could be a song i like sending songs yeah, to people it could be literally anything but on the subtext of that is hello you are in my brain i'm thinking about you and i'm checking in on you and you know I would like you to respond to know that you're okay. It's giving someone a little packet of perspective. Yeah. Because you realise that you're making them realise that they're not alone in that. No, exactly. And that you're, you're, you exist. So I think if you do know someone in your life that is going through something hard, try to just 
open up a very like casual conversation you can ask them how we're not saying don't ask people how they are <laughs> maybe just don't ask them every 55 seconds yeah and just ask them what do they need generally and you can come with advice you know if your friend is sleeping four hours a night and then like they're pranging maybe gently suggest that they try and get a bit more sleep but at the same time don't forget that there is a possibility that they are fully aware that they're not getting enough sleep and are doing everything they can and in which case they just want you to say that sucks yeah it's okay i think that's the closest you can get to a, a shoulder to lean on yeah just mate that's fine <laughs> yeah. or mate that's super shit that's all right i acknowledge that what you're going through is hard sometimes yeah. you just need someone to acknowledge it thank you clive thank you clive that was a lovely question that was a lovely question we got we got quite into that i enjoyed that please go follow us on twitter there's, there's going to be a lot of shit chat on there and then we also have an email address which is the habit podcast at gmail.com which phil eternal love for emails oh, shall be checking it and replying emails. to emails yeah in so, a hilarious manner if a question occurs to you in the next whatever foreseeable future, just drop us an email at thehabitpodcast at gmail.com and then we'll hopefully collate some. Yeah. Um, and we can do some quick fire questions. They can be about general uni, mental health, me and George. No, no, we don't do that. <laughs> What's your favourite type of ge- cheese, George? I'm going to judge you really hard on this. Godminster cheddar. I'll allow it. <laughs> it's a really good cheddar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. We'll we'll have another question corner next week of people writing. It can be it can be anyone, and we can rem- keep you anonymous, or we can shout you out just like just like Clive remained anonymous. But I know Clive knows exactly who he is. Yeah, um, we completely appreciate. You don't have to put a fake name either. You can yeah. just say, please don't mention. Like me. I know. Just say it's yeah. anonymous. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, we are going to go back and do another habit this week. Yeah, because as it turns out, our podcast is called The Habit Podcast, and so, we didn't say one. <laughs> so we need to um, do a habit, um, and one of the things we've decided we're going to test is reading. 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 I don't know how to read. I'm very dyslexic, and I read very slowly, but we'll see how that goes. We had the idea when we first started off recording about an hour and a half ago that we were going to do a book club. We're going to read a thriller, we're going and to George and I are going to read it in a week. And then discuss it. And then also talk about the what it's not the actual book with that bothered by. It's more setting aside like an hour a day, maybe before bed. Yeah. Of reading. We can well, we talked about it in the podcast when we have a New Year's resolution or want to start doing something during exams, you gotta get rid of some time. So what time are you gonna get rid of in order to incorporate this hour of reading? Love Island. Love Island. <laughs> I think TV is just quite a good one. Yeah, just general, like, scrolling. Also, I can be really inefficient when I get home in the evenings. I just kind of... Potter around. Faff. Yeah. But, like, not nice pottering. You know how you can do nice pottering? We were cleaning at the yeah, same time. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, well, this is nice. I'm chatting to my mates, but then I sometimes just, like, yeah, just scrolling. Just sit on my phone, sit on my bed. And watch bad TV. Yeah, and I don't really do anything. But, yeah, so that's probably what. I'm just going to have to kind of be a bit more efficient and do it before I go to bed. Yeah, I'm just going to totally cut out all the TV I watch in the evening. But we're going to try and complete this book before the next time we record. record. This is, I think this is a good test run to see if we can read the same book yeah. in a week. Yeah. And then in future, what we can do is read a book that you enjoy, such as Jog On or something like that. <laughs> so, 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 something about mental something health. About mental health. Yeah, yeah, and you guys could share that experience with us as well by reading it 
at the same time and then we can talk about it later on in yeah, that'd the be sick. podcast. I think that's quite how a good idea. How cultural of us. Yes, how very cultural. Very cultural. And it'll also help us because I want to read these books as well. Yeah, cool. Cool. Cool, that's going to be our habit. So, um, Thank you very much for listening, guys. That yeah. was... Cheers, guys. Um, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week in our really high quality audio. Studio. Studio. Bye.